reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty, except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. She's all alone. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co host, Justin Pennick. Got ourselves a mailbag uh, podcast. Only a few more of these for the rest of the year. Justin, how you doing? Hey, Bobby Skinner. I uh, I missed you. I, I really did miss you. Now, for the podcast crowd, you can't say it, but for the YouTube crowd, you can see it. When Bobby Skinner logged on to this call, I was taken back by the little scroll that's thrown on his face. So Bobby Skinner is a different man. I thought you were going to come back with a whole mountain man beard, but you are a different man. How are you feeling, Bobby? That This is the biggest question that the world is waiting for an answer for. How are you feeling? What was your life like when you were dead this past week? I'm still dying, but I needed I needed to come back to the podcast. I couldn't go, I couldn't go any any further without doing the show. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I freaking got the flu, not coronavirus, the flu, and I was dealing with the flu, dealing with every you know doing doing work with the flu, and then all of a sudden I start feeling unbelievably weak. And can't breathe from walking across my house. And just like, all right, I guess this is just part of the flu. Part of the flu. Four days like that where it's just like I can't, I just was couldn't do anything. Didn't eat for like three days straight. And then finally decided to go to the doctor. And I guess I, ha- I still have it, a freaking respiratory infection. So still dealing with that. I still feel it right now. My body my body's kind of tingling right now. Because it's like stressing itself. But um, that's how I'm doing. Found it to be ironic that um, Julian made a uh, a press release today saying that you're back. Like, you know, how Michael Jordan announced that he was back to going back to basketball from from baseball. So you had your flu. You had your flu game like a week ago. And now you're still having your flu game. And we announced you coming back like in the style of Michael Jordan. I appreciated that. Yeah, I didn't realize that was a Michael Jordan thing. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I am, so I am, yeah, freaking, I couldn't breathe for, like, four straight days. Literally, like, I'd walk to, across my house and have to lay down and... <sighs> that is and so now, bizarre. I don't know if I've ever, I mean, I've had the flu, and I was just out, but, you know, coughing, but I was... Yeah, I've had the, yes, yeah, it wasn't, it was post-flu respiratory infection. And it... You were for you not to not just not be on the podcast, but not to tweet and just be totally checked out. Like this was the worst case of somebody having the flu that I think I ever came across. Ever. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. Congratulations. Dealing with it. All right, we're back. Um, Bobby, I have a qu- I have a question for you. What do you think of this football team right now, man? Uh, you've been gone for the last week where this has probably been the toughest week to talk about this football team without Jones and Jones's future's murky. Um, and I kind of hate you for that, that we've had to improvise so much. But how you feeling about the New York football giants, Bobby? How you feeling, man? It's the end of the season. That's how I'm <laughs> feeling, that the season is ending uh, in about a month. I wish there wasn't a 17th game. That's that's how I feel. I wish there wasn't a 17th game to deal with this year. Um. Yeah, they they stink. They stink. That's that's how I feel. And there's nothing to look forward to with Daniel Jones. Without Daniel Jones, I, there's not much me to look forward to. I did watch the film on this game though. So I did I did do that today. So yeah, but I didn't do an O-line report cuz I don't I can't do an O-line report right now. No. But do you, let's let's get let's get into the mailbag questions though. Yeah. All right, take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. 
Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. All right, first question is coming from Matthew McFadden at MattyMacFatty96. That's a fun name. He's conflicted. Matthew's conflicted. Part of him wants Joe Judge gone and to blow it all up again. Another part of him is so sick of new head coaches. It's been like a carousel since 2016. How do you feel about Judge coming back regardless of these last few games? So... Joe Judge like is back. Like that's basically it's been it's being reported. Like it's it's we're re- read the tea leaves. Joe Judge is going to be back, and I think both both of you, both me and you are in the Joe Judge shouldn't be back next year. Bo, right? Yes. It simple answer yes, but also it's a lot more complicated than that. But we can break that down. But simple answer yes. I'm <sighs> Joe Judge takes are starting to get like wear on me a little bit. Where they're becoming too much, where it's like Joe Judge is being now being treated like he's an absolute moron, and there's things I disagree with on him, and I like I said, I th- I think he shouldn't be back, but I am starting to be like worn thin a little bit. Like I don't think Joe Judge is in- as totally incompetent as people make him out to be, and the re and and I'm not it's I'm not it's not I'm not not I'm not dreading having Joe Judge as our head coach for the New York Giants in 2022. I'm not I'm not dreading that. What I'm dreading is John Mayer screwing up the cycle again and we'll have a head coach on the hot seat with a brand new GM. And so are we rebuilding or are we going for it? Because the roster is kind of would be is somewhere in the middle of that where you could go for it next year or you could totally tear it down if that's like what a new GM wanted to do and come and, and start over again. Um, and then you have a QB in the fourth year. So there's like so many things that are like, like are teetering on like that, that's that, uh, you know, teetering on like what what are we doing? So that's what I'm dreading with Joe Judge coming back next year. But just him being the head coach next year, I'm sorry, but I'm not dreading it that much. I mean, like there's still things I like about Joe Judge. I like his personality. I like the way he handles people. I think he like he wants personalities, not just you know uh, cookie cutter you know robot people. You know, not not you know not 53 Daniel Jones is on the roster. I love the way him and Patrick Graham work, and Patrick Graham and like getting that hire right, and so and the way he hires assistant coaches. I like that he fired you know Jason Garrett and Mark Colombo. And from what it looks like, is Jason Garrett was forced on him, and not just forced on him, but forced to stay on him for way longer than than it should have been happening. Joe Judge wanted to move off of Jason Garrett last season. Um, you know, and injuries have screwed him. And there's a this is a bad offensive line construction. You know, so like if they get in here and get a new OC and have a good draft, like I can see myself being back in on Joe Judge. I really can. Um, but I, I, you know, so it's like I'm not in the, like the Joe Judge is just a total idiot and like you know, oh, he this guy's a used car salesman. His press conferences, he just this guy's a full of full of it. No, he's just freaking. He's doing. He's full of it in press conferences. He literally said that to the media last week. He's like, what I say to the team team is totally different than what I yeah. say to the public. Like, That's I'm not true. going back. I'm not going back to my players in their meetings, individual meetings on Monday morning, cleaning up the film and saying, "Wow, good job, guys. You guys." He's it's so. I'm not like I don't hate Joe Judge. I don't think he's incompetent. I don't. I'm not f- fearful of him being my head coach for another year. What I am fearful of is him screwing up the cycle. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put it. You know, and that's why the the situation is simple, where you want the head coach and the GM to be in sync with each other. But why it's complicated is that Joe Judge has done some things where it's like, well, I think the organization likes this process and. You know, the it is a legitimate question of is Patrick Graham and the way that they've gone about working around the defense's just total lack of pressure and total lack of edge room, and the way that he's worked with Patrick Graham in that regard. Um, you know, is that enough of a reason to keep him hired and then keep him in the building? And then, like you said, the Jason Garrett impact of you know what was he forced? So. All that just makes this very, very complicated. Um, and I, w- I want to like Joe Judge. I really do. I, I'm not forgetting that that 2020 season, it exists. And I think it matters where a lot of 
the entire fan base was like, eh, you know, we're indifferent on Dave Guttelman, we're indifferent on John Mara, we're indifferent on a lot of these people in this organization, but Joe Judge is that one guy that we're going to rally around. You know, that year does matter. There are things that Joe Judge does need to look at himself in the mirror this offseason. I think that even starts with some of his position coaches. Running backs coach. Has your position coach and has your running backs coach really stuck his foot in Saquon Barkley's ass and said, you need to be more of an efficient running back. That needs to happen. The development of these wide receivers are really the regression of Darius Slayton. You know, wide receivers coach. Is that a possible position coach that needs to change? Um, interior linebackers or the edge room. You know, losing Sherrer, who I think was the, the linebackers coach last year, you know, that's a possible spot that we need to look for where the lack of progression of the of this edge room. There's a lot of things that need to improve with Joe Judge, including this coaching staff, possibly getting some more experience. So Yeah, and there's and again, there's you know. things I just like you know, I mean, and again, I'm on the side of he should pot he should we should move on from Joe Judge. You know. But like I just like I'm not it's like Joe Judge being brought back, like I'm not like dreading that. I'm just not, you know. Yeah. Um I'm dreading that we screw up the cycle now. And again, it, it might, it totally work. You get the right GM and it ends up working and it's happily ever after. Um, but it's, you know, it's next year being having a third year head coach on the hot seat with a brand new GM. And again, and being in that limbo of, are we, are again, are we going for it or are we rebuilding? Because there's not going to be patience with Joe judge rebuilding in, in his third year. No, no, absolutely not. All right. Next question. From Glock Roach, are you picking up Daniel Jones's fifth-year option? According to Over the Cap, the fifth-year option will be twenty-one million dollars. No, I'm. I am not. And <clears throat> I, we. I guess we. I, we might have need to have like our big picture like, conversation on Daniel Jones because I don't think Daniel Jones. Do you think Daniel Jones is coming back this year? No. I don't think he's coming back. I don't care nope. what the beat reporters say. I don't think he's coming back. There's just too much murkiness. There's too much weirdness around this injury. Where Like it's clearly more than a neck strain. Yeah. A, a diagnosis. You, we were texting about this. A diagnosis needs to eventually come out. And the more it's just up oh, week to week, not cleared for contact, the worse that you just have to get bad thoughts going in your brain. So I don't think he's coming back this year. And I hope that that's the worst that it gets. Yeah. So like I, I don't think Jones is coming back. This year, which sucks because, I mean, what we talked about, you know, looking at Jones with Freddie Kitchens, you know, and the differences between Freddie Kitchens and, and Jason Garrett and seeing what happens, you know. So there's obviously been a step down in, in QB play um, to Glennon, uh, you know, from, from Jones to Glennon. So, but I'm not, you know, and we're, we talked about it coming into this year. Year three is a big year. You kind of have to prove it whether you like it or not, you know, whether, regardless of outside circumstances and he just hasn't you know like he's an unknown you know and going into year four as an unknown usually means like a no you know so like you can you know I'm, you can't bank on like oh he's gonna figure it out he's gonna figure it out <clears throat> so i would i would be in the no option because that, you know that's it's not like you you can't it can't uh you can't cut them beforehand like you used to on the fifth year option where you know you could cut them the day before you know it kicks in and it doesn't and, and so you don't have to pay any of it um so at this point no because it's like it said it's 21 mil and even if you wanted to franchise tag him it's 28 mil so you're talking about a difference of seven mil and that would be a good that would be like okay he he freaking he sh he proved himself we want to give him another year we're franchising tag him so kind of like prove yourself into that big uh at least you know fifth year whether it's through a franchise tag instead yep. of the fifth year option um so right now I would I would say no. Yeah. And I think it's a combo of his performance towards the second half of the season where you know you can say the offensive line, you can say Garrett, which those are two very valid reasons as to why a quarterback would not perform well. But you know, thrown in there, I feel like there is just two you know, there was uh, flashes to twenty nineteen Daniel Jones were just, you know, not very good decision making. He had a couple games where there were some turnovers and then just still a continual overall, like, no production. Just zero, no production worse than what was happening, like, in 2020, you know? Um, so that's ultimately what it boils down to. And the injuries. You know, you're, this is the third year in a row where you're missing 
you know, substantial time in the month of November and December. And that hurts no matter if you're a winning team or a losing team. Yeah. And, and I'm still stubborn and, and, and think DJ can end up being it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not as, I'm not as, you know, hell bent on like, Hey, he's going to figure it out. He's going to figure it out. Like, as, like I used to be, but I still am stubborn where I do want to see him next year on, you know, with a new offensive coordinator and, Hopefully a, a a rebuild offensive line, you know, like it, it's regardless of who the QB is. Like, I think we all agree that they need to rebuild this offensive line once and for all. Yep. Like you, you like stop screwing around with this offensive line. And I hope, I hope they take it that serious. Um, so like, I, you know, like we've seen flashes, flashes aren't enough though. After year three, it has to be consistent. And I still think we can get that from Daniel Jones. I do. I do. Um, but at this point, it hasn't happened, and that you know, it's like if you ask me if I think Daniel Jones is the guy or not right now, it's no, I don't, I don't, you know, where coming, you know, halfway through this year, I would have told you yes, but it's, you know, it just hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't been good, good, you know, yeah. where it it was good to start this season, and then kind of you know was all right for a stretch when guys were getting injured, uh, when when guys were injured, and it just hasn't been. Hasn't hasn't never got back to good, you know. So that's where I'm just kind of like I'm I'm not on the Daniel Jones train anymore. I'm not as anti him as most people are, you know. I still do like DJ, and I do think he'll go somewhere and you know and and surprise people a little bit wherever it is, even if it's at a it's coming in as a backup and like wow man Daniel Jones can play a little bit. Uh, but as of now, it's like no, I can't I can't give him the I can't give him the I can't give him the fifth year option because he hasn't earned it. Yeah. Hope he comes out and he surprises us next year. Uh, I I don't I don't want that to come on another team. So you know, like you said, build this offensive line. Let's get this let's get this offseason right. Get a play caller in here that fits what Joe Judge wants to do. And that now that may be a dangerous thing that fits what Joe Judge wants to do. But get a, get a coordinator in here that can fit to the strengths of their players. Not even the freaking coach. Get a coordinator that can fit to the strength of the players or adjust. That's that's really what we want. All right. Bobby, can I read something? Because this mailbag is kind of short. Can I read something before we go on to the next question? Sure. I guess we could do some reading. Yeah, let's do some reading. Football fans. That's what we are. I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you could still get in on all the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving away all new customers a free shot and millions of dollars in total cash prizes with their first deposit. Betting is going to be a little bit tricky since everybody in the NFL is now on the COVID list. So what I want you to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet $1 on any NFL team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code JOHNBOY this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 positive and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. HC DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We didn't hit on any news. Leonard Williams is injured, and Kadarius Tony's on. Kadarius Tony got COVID again. Yeah, the way that I kind of summarize Kadarius Tony is just this season, stemming back to spring workouts. Remember with the whole cleat thing, and he was sh- practicing shoeless. This has just been Murphy's law. Like what what can go wrong will go wrong, and it's not necessarily like assigning a blame to anybody individually. But it's just Murphy's Law. That's how I am. And how I'm going to remember Kadarius Tony's season is Murphy's Law. And hopefully, five years from now, we can look back on it and laugh, and not look back on it and be like it was the start of something bad. The only thing that really worries me is the injuries with Kadarius. You know, he just can he he continued to find ways as the entire year went on to not be on the football field. Yeah, I know it sucks, uh, but it, injuries, injury, but it's been mostly because injuries. You know, like he didn't miss yes. any games because of COVID. You know, no. 
supposedly he, he probably wasn't going to be back this week anyways. Missed the camp because of COVID, which I really, I really think I talked about this with snacks on last Wednesday's mailbag when talking about the impact of some of the games earlier in the year and talking about the offense, everybody missing, like the injuries weren't even just a problem throughout the season. They've been a problem all throughout the summer where Rudolph missed camp, Galde missed camp, Tony missed camp, Barkley basically didn't participate in camp. All, you know, basically you had the, the back end of the roster that participated in training camp, guys that aren't even on the team and that were cut participated in training camp more than the actual 22 star- starters, you know? So that that's a thing where training camp is valuable. And we're going to talk about that with another question about, uh, about uh, Jake Fromm and Mike Lennon, uh, how it's a little funny how people are... Well, I'll get to my training camp point about that when we talk about Jake Fromm, Mike Lennon. Do we have? Is that? Did you take that question out? I don't think so. All right, then, we'll, I, then t- I'm gonna... I took out because someone asked the, the next question to that same person asked too, so I put the I okay. put the wrong one in. All right, gotcha. So, so I'll, no, I'll, I'll get to a I'll get to a training camp point then. All right, next question. It's coming from Ben at Ben Feinstein twenty five. Have you noticed any difference between Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens so far? Yeah, big time. Um, <sighs> Freddie Kitchens' offense is a lot more horizontal. Like it's it's just a lot more horizontal like types of routes where it's like digs, slants, uh, drags, uh, like just all types, all, all more types of horizontal routes. And I noticed, especially this week, and this may have been like a Chargers game plan uh, specific. But it just felt like they were trying to get that middle of the field part of like like that's how that's how they were trying to attack. But it's just something it seemed like Mike Lennon was just getting off of it though, and then getting to his outlets. But he was getting off of it like he was getting off of it like maybe half a second before where like stuff would have opened up, and he wasn't throwing those passes over the middle, and and consequently being late to like the outlets underneath. And it was just kind of like a mess offensively. And, you know, I blame that on Glennon. But I also blame it a little bit on Kitchens where it was kind of some all or nothing stuff. Where it's like, that's not what we were asking for. We weren't asking for all or nothing offensive plays. And we saw that. We heard that as a criti- as a criticism of Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland. Was yeah. that the offense, especially on like third downs, was just all or nothing. Where it's like you got three like huge routes downfield and there's nothing underneath. So that would be the difference. The stick concept has been there a little bit, but mostly like the stick concept has like been replaced with slants. Like they run a ton of they run a ton of slants, especially on like key on key downs. Um, the run game has in, in incorporated a lot more draw plays out of the shotgun. Uh, you know, like that's where they got some of their more successful runs this past week was draw plays. So yeah, it's just more of a horizontal offense where 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 Jason Garrett's was a lot of isolation routes. Now sometimes it looks like Freddie Kitchens is just running like four different random routes and they're not working off of each other sometimes too where they're not they're all like at different levels it's it's kind of weird sometimes um but yeah there's definitely been differences yeah less timing i mean i think that's been one of the main things at least for me it, this Jason Garrett's offense was almost completely timing and this Obviously, I think in any NFL offense, there there are certain plays that are predicated around getting the ball out quick, you know, holding onto the ball. But this offense, I don't feel like is solely predicated on it like Garrett's was. Is that fair? Yeah, no, that's a huge. That's 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 a hundred percent true. Yards after the catch has been sort of a thing. Um, I didn't check the data for the last two games because why um <laughs> but you know at least after that eagle game and, and and you just use your eyes too um some of these skill position players there's just gen- in general there's just more space for some of these guys to operate after they catch the ball versus Jason Garrett where you know how many times are they catching the ball and they're back us to the end zone um yeah man and, and you were talking about Glennon um a tweet that I had drafted but I never tweeted you criticized Daniel Jones for having slow processing with you know, with his ability to throw the ball, I mean, here I'll, I give you Mike Glennon. My, Mike Glennon makes da- makes Daniel Jones look like Dan Marino, with <laughs> with how slow his his processing is. It's kind of unreal how bad Glennon has been, and you know, under throwing Kenny Galladay when he's not a burner. I mean, just come on, man, it, it's so bad. Yeah, throwing up freaking five hundred, you know, fifty fifty balls, um, to Evan Ingram like twice in the past week. 
you know, almost got Evan Ingram killed this past week on the like at the play before the big Kyle Rudolph play. He almost got cut. Remember, he just threw the ball up to Evan Ingram in triple coverage, and like Evan Ingram got cleaned by the freaking safety. Um, he missed Saquon in the flat on that one third down. Remember where he scrambled to the left, and it was like you got you had Saquon breaking open right there. It's like let it develop. Or I feel like Mike Lennon doesn't let plays develop. It's like it's like one, two. He's like, ah, it's not there. And then he, he won't make any any. He's not willing to make the tight throws over the middle. Where it's like, man, that's where you could have, that's where you could have hit the Chargers this week, and you just kind of didn't hang in there and make those throws. Yeah, and they were there, you know. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, safe to say. I mean, we 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 knew this, but I mean, won't be the coordinator next year. But again, it would it would have been cool to see what Jones would do with Kitchens. Would it result in twenty plus point games? Probably not. But it just would have been cool to, again to evaluate since that's the it would have been better. That's for sure. That's the last thing that we basically had this season. And speaking of quarterback and talking about Mike Lennon, Travis Mockerdies at Team Mockerdies. Stuff you know how to say his name. But Travis asks, not saying Fromm is the QB of the future, but is it time to see what he can do? Glennon is a veteran, but it seems like it's proven he shouldn't start anywhere ever again. This is what I have to say about this that relates to training camp. Basically, a lot of people, and I'm not even just saying this is Travis, but a lot of people are looking for Fromm, wanting Fromm, wanting Fromm. And I get it. At this point, we want something different. I get it. I get it. But then the same excuses that people make in training camp, because Fromm has been here for two weeks now. Two weeks. And people want him to start. Meanwhile, we're four weeks into a summer practice. Giants don't look good in the preseason. Giants don't look good in training camp. And people make excuses for starters that have been there throughout the spring. And then the second year of a Jason Garrett system where the offense doesn't look good. That makes no sense to me. So... Think about that. When you evaluate, oh, I want Jake Fromm to start right now. He's been here for two weeks, and this isn't even training camp. He's in the middle of a season where the practices aren't even as intense and the practices aren't even as in-depth as the training camp. So just keep that in mind. Keep Do that you in think mind. you'll, at some point, you will you get on the, like, all right, let's, let's start Jake Fromm the last two games of the year train or anything like that? Yes, I can. Absolutely. I just I don't think Jake Fromm's ever going to be good, you know. Like I, he was behind Davis Webb in Buffalo. Yeah, you know, like he's he's got a weak arm, you know. So it's like he can't make some of the throws that Mike Glennon can make. And I know Mike Glennon has sucked. Like it's not a defense of Mike Glennon. Um, so there's throws that he can't make that Mike Glennon um, can't make. I I don't know if he, I don't know if he's going to be more. Maybe he'll be a little more accurate. Uh, his timing will probably. Like, like it'll probably it's it will probably look like a disaster, like more so of a disaster than what Mike Glennon is. So yeah. I, I just I get it too. Like I want to say it too. I want to say let's play Jake Fromm. Like I do. I want to say that, but I also it's just like I just don't think Jake Fromm's going to be any good. And I do kind of trust the the coaching staff a little bit that they know that like like hey we can't we're not going to throw Jake Fromm in here. Yeah. Especially these past two weeks. Again, maybe. Week 17 and 18, uh, it'd be a little bit of a different story. But for the time being, it's like I'm not going to be on the Jake Fromm train. If the Giants offense had the least amount of offensive touchdowns in the NFL with Daniel Jones, and then it's gotten worse with Mike Lennon, it hasn't gotten better. What what do you want What do you want to see out of Jake Fromm? Like, that, that's, that's the only thing. Where it's going to be worse. Where yes, it, it oh it can only get better. Nope, I, I don't I don't think that's true. Yeah, um, it's like they got they want to play who they want to play the best players, and even if they're not good, they want to play the best players. Yeah, and you know like for the for the wide receivers around them and everything, um, you know. So now again, I don't think Jake Fromm's gonna be good. I mean, Buffalo drafted him like they spent a draft pick on him, and then the next year they signed Mitchell Trubisky to be their backup. And then he was behind Davis Webb on the practice squad in Buffalo. So it's just, I just don't think he's going to be good. Like, I don't have any, I, there, I, there's zero hope for it. So to me, it's just like, if you think Mike Lennon is better, play Mike Lennon. That's the way, that's where I'm at. I agree. I agree. 
I get wanting to see something different, but just try try and think with the brain. We didn't get a mailbag question on this, but speaking of, of people we were calling to, to come in, Matt Parrott, they, were, they did a rotation. We didn't get any questions about that. They did a Matt, They did the rotation finally with Matt Parrott and Nate Solder. In fact, Parrott may have played a little bit more than Solder this game. Yeah, I think that's fair. So that could be uh, so Terrence McGarvey. He asked uh, at Terrence underscore WM four. What are you watching for now that the season is in the gutter? What would you tell fans to look out for to give them a little bit of fun? Um, so is this Billy Price at center? Ben Bredesen's hurt, waiting. I think I guess we have to wait for an update on him. Uh, Matt Parrott rotation at right tackle if they want to stick to that a little bit more. So are those some of the things that uh you know that you're going to be watching out for? Yeah, I'm definitely gonna be. What sucks though is that it's so late with the Parrot thing, where it's like I we I want we need a new right tackle regardless. I don't care what Parrot looks like. Like honestly, Parrot can ball out these next. Parrot could come in and ball out the next two, you know, four weeks, and I'm still like in the we need to uh, pick up. We need to add a right tackle. Yeah, I'm all in on Evan Neal. Like I, I haven't watched anything yet, but you know, from what we watched from last year when we did our preparation for the 2022 draft in the spring. Um, just knowing that he's still recognized as the top uh, dra- uh, tackle in the draft. Um, I'm or, all in with one of those picks. Honestly. Yeah, or, you know, when the, the, uh, it came a corner from NC State or wh- whoever, but I'm all in it. But I still but I still am in on the Matt Parrott thing because, you know what, he maybe could be a swing tackle. Um, but he, did, he looked good in pass pro this week. Like, he kind of looked decent. He had that one really bad run play where everyone's like, this is why Matt Parrott's not starting. It's like, no, stop, stop, stop. We're not going to do, we're not going to do the thing where Matt Parrott has one bad play and we're like, oh yeah, the Colt coaching staff is right about this. No, they're not. They're wrong. I intentionally did not clip that play because I did not want to be part of that narrative. Um, That was annoying me. Uh, it's like, you don't think, like, you you haven't seen Solder blow this this play? <laughs> um, You know, and then he got freaking killed by Bosa. Uh later um so watching for that watching thomas is fun what did you think of price you watched the you said you watched the film did you watch much much of him this was a pff this was his best pff graded game apparently yeah i think he i thought he did all right he um was already in the run game didn't have any bad plays and didn't have, like have any bad plays in the past game um Skura had some really bad ones um by the way, Hernandez and Parrot like had some really nice stunt pickups. By the way, when they were together, it's just wow. It's just I don't know. If, I hate blaming Solder because a lot of them are, are Hernandez's fault. But it's just like anyone who's next to Solder can't pick up a stunt. And it was Hernandez who was next to Solder in 2019, and you know now he was next to him again this year. Man, that's that's pretty bad for it's pretty bad for Hernandez. Um, yeah, Bobby, there was a there was a mailback question that you didn't put in here, but we have I think we have time. And there's still another ad that we need to read. Yeah, we got time. So, as fans right now, we're looking at it like there probably needs to be four new offensive linemen in here next year. Like, in an optimal world, if if Giants fans had their way, four new offensive linemen would be here next year. And center, because we're not sure what Nick Gates' progress is going to be like coming back. Lemieux, we're not sure what his progress is going to be looking like coming back, but also... You know, Shane Lemieux, we had questions about him heading into this year anyway about his potential and his ceiling, right? Right tackle, we already know. Um, and then obviously one of the guard spots. But I don't, that's not realistic. You know, we were, ta- I was talking with Dan Schneider and Nick Filato on a crossover thing that we did. I don't think it's realistic that we're going to have four new starters, maybe three, maybe two. I don't know about four. So I think Bredesen's here. Like we traded for him and he's here. So I think that's a guy that can stay. Hernandez might be brought back on a very, very cheap deal. So where where are you at right now? There's still a couple weeks left, but basically the season is over. Um, I think Bredesen is going to wind up being a start a starter next year, and that may be the guy that sticks and stays, and then possibly new center, definitely new right tackle. That's what I'm thinking right now. Could change. I would see Shane Lemieux starting over Bredesen um, whenever he comes back. Uh, like I would, I would give that edge, edge to Shane. And then I still, I do think Nick Gates is going to start. I don't know. I just believe in it, you know, um, and at center. So 
But I also do think they can go add three offensive linemen in this draft. They did it in 2020. They added three offensive, you know. Yep. Um, and it does, and instead it could be, you know, a first and a second or a first, maybe a first, first, that would be crazy. Um, you know, and then a third, you know, there's no reason they can't invest in offensive line like that in this draft. Um, and how they may, you know, they're, they're going to add some people in free agency. I don't know who, but they'll add some type of pieces in free agency. I don't know about, not to say O-line, but they'll add, they'll, they're going to have some type of free agency, free agents brought in on cheap deals. So that could impact it, um, but Bredesen, I don't really have any inv- any investment in because he hasn't shown me anything. Even when he plays, he hasn't shown me to be really good. But I think he has the most promise. Thinking back to when we acquired him and to, you know, when we got him, you know, that was a guy that we were like, this this guy should be the starter. Now it obviously hasn't worked out. Injuries and performance hasn't been up to par. But you know, I still like to think that if this guy is going to be on the team, that He's going to be on the team, and whether he starts or whether he is a is a backup and he's a rotational piece, um, I think he may be here. So, um, we talked about you met. We didn't talk about Leonard Williams when you mentioned Kadarius Tony. So Leonard Williams may be out for the year, may not be out for the year. He's definitely out against Dallas. Elbow injury was first reported that it was really really bad. And then the next day it came out that the reports aren't as bad that he may actually be able to play third. He's a psychopath. On kind of like a quiet talking point, but he hasn't missed a single game in his career. He played 15 games in 2019, but I think that's just because of the way that the trade worked between the Jets and the Giants that he had two bye weeks, I guess. So 15 games in 2019. Has not missed a game throughout his entire career. I think 107 straight games in which he started. And this this game against the Dallas Cowboys is going to be the first game that he's going to miss. And this season, think he was going to finish with less than 20 QB hits anyway. But now it's kind of official that Leonard Williams, this will be the third time, I think, in his seven or eight year career that he will be finishing with under 19 QB hits. Um, no, it's the second time. The second time he's going to be finishing with under 19 QB hits, which is very, very impressive. When you look at some of the other top tier pass rushers in this league, you know, I know everybody loves Shaq Barrett. Uh, that's a guy that I always point to. I think he only has like two or three 20-plus QB hit careers in his entire career. And everybody goes Google Gaga over him. So I love Leonard Williams, long story short. And no matter how much time he misses, I'm going to miss seeing him play. Yeah, seeing him going off the field was like, oh, gosh, he freaking like this guy's hurt. He doesn't, he's never been hurt ever. Hopefully we can find out some more on what the actual injury is and not just elbow. Second in the league in tackles amongst defensive linemen as well, which I want to ask you. Well, first, yeah, I, I still can't say he was first because he was first and then he missed an entire yeah, game and yeah. then he moved down to second. You know who's like third or fourth? Austin Johnson. Austin Johnson, yeah. Research Rick compiles that every week, which I which I love. Um, I want to ask you, you know, because somebody like me who's like, eh, tackles can be inflated, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's always like in the back of my brain, even though I've come around – to like, hey, tackle tackles are a valuable thing. You know, let's let's just face it. No matter when you're making them on the field, if you're around the football, that's a valuable thing. All right, it doesn't have to always be like an analytical like here is your value and here is your grade. Right? What what do you what do you think of that? Like when you hear that Leonard Williams is number one in the NFL in tackles amongst defensive linemen, especially like weighing considering that the Giants' rush defense is not that good. Like, how do you weigh that in terms of? What does that mean for Leonard Williams' season and how good of a season he's having? It means that he's being relied on to like stop the run on his own, essentially. And when you have those tackle numbers from the interior defensive line, where do you, where is that coming from? You know, it's not coming from five, six yards down the field. It's coming from one, two, three yards down the field and making run stops. Um, so, and then and Leonard Williams has done that his for his entire career. You know. And they even like track run stops, you know, where he's like second in the NFL over like the last four or five years uh, in run stops for defensive tackles after Aaron Donald. So that's that's what it tells me. I love it. All right, we got to talk about one more thing. I want to finish Terrence's question about what are we looking for? Because there's a couple things on the defensive side of the ball, very minute, but two players, three players that I'm kind of looking out for there. But... This winter, upgrade your daily routine with Bespoke Pump.
Post and their new seasonal lineup of must-have Box of Awesome collections bring you the most unique goods every single month. So, Bobby Skinner, I got a ton of stuff from Bespoke. And I even ordered some stuff outside of how they nicely, they kind of sent us some stuff and they gave us some stuff. But I ordered some stuff outside to help my mom get Christmas gifts for her people in her life. So I helped her Christmas list out, which I think that's just as effective. So I have the Weekender bag. So Bobby, we're going to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl in a couple weeks. I may be bringing that Weekender bag as a carry-on. I have the Smoking and Infusion kit. I have two of them. So I'm giving two of those out as Christmas gifts this year. Smoking an infusion kit helps age like alcohol, some, you know, liquor, helps put a little smoky taste to your food. I have a machete. Snacks and I both have the machete from Bespoke Post. We are going to have a machete fight. So no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered from winter cocktails to cozy threads and camping gear essentials. Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. So to get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of, box of awesome items for you. Each box consists only 45 bucks. They're only 45 bucks each box, but they have over $70 worth of gear inside, which I found. I was even surprised. Like, there are stuff that I order... But you have to like Mary Poppins it, but there's still more crap inside that you got to dig out. And it's awesome. So it, it, there's always more stuff in that box of awesome. So what I want you to do is get 20% off with your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com. Enter the code GIANTS at checkout. Boxofawesome.com. Code GIANTS. 20% off your first box. Thank you to Bespoke Post. Um, Bobby Skinner to finish off Terrence's question. I thought... Quincy Roche had a pretty solid game against the Chargers where he just makes plays where it's like, wow, he's playing fast and he's playing quick and he's playing aggressive every week. You know, I'm not, maybe he doesn't have a great game, but there are just plays where I'm watching on TV where it's like, yup, you know, that's a Quincy Roche play that he makes. And there's not a lot of guys on this defense where you can say that about, wow, he made a really good play there. How about Lorenzo Carter making his best play of the year and Justin yes! bombing it for 65 yards? I don't know if you, I don't know if you listened to the recap pod, but. I said that was Lorenzo Carter's best rep of 2021. And, Bobby, when have we ever seen Lorenzo Carter bend the edge? Like, usually he has that stem move where, you know, Grump Grump said the line, one arm is longer than two. So he has that stem move where he's grabbing a hold of a guy's jersey and then he's kind of bull rushing from there. He bent the edge against one of the league's best left tackles, got a really good QB hit on Justin Herbert, but Justin Herbert did Justin Herbert things. Um... So Roche, Aaron Robinson's fun to watch out for. Aziz, uh, can Aziz catch Lawrence By the way, Taylor's? Aziz got credited for a sack on Sunday. He did? Yeah, I was looking at the stat book. When did that happen? When did that happen? That wasn't his, no, he already broke the rookie sack record. I already clipped that. But I'm saying he got accredited for a sack on Sunday, though. So he has seven and a half now. Yeah. Oh, I think I knew that, but I can't, but I'm forgetting the play. So he needs two more sacks to tie Lawrence Taylor's rookie record. No. That is that is unofficial. Um, so he, if he gets Taylor. three more, if he gets three more sacks, then he will be the official official rookie sack leader. So those are things that I'm looking out for as well. And can Gall can 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 Kenny Galladay get his first touchdown grab? Are you almost rooting for it to not happen now? No, I'm not rooting it for. It'd be not, kind of funny happen. if it just doesn't happen. We don't get a Kenny Galladay <laughs> touchdown this year. <laughs> Oh, I, I kind of wanted to be with Daniel Jones and not Mike Glennon. No, it just, at this point, it needs to happen. It's going to be a huge celebration happen. whenever it does. Yes. I don't care who it's with. All right. We have one more question. Ask it. Jay Cohn at Jay Cohn Man. What is a realistic timeline for the Giants to be back to winning football? What is the most important step to be taken in order to get closer to winning football for this team? So what's the realistic timeline for Giants to be back to winning football? We'll, we'll attack that first. I don't know. I, 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 sat, I literally sat and thought about this question for like 10, 15 minutes. Is it, it's because I, the, the roster is in limbo. Again, like we talked about at the beginning with the Joe Judge question. Where it's like they could realistically be a playoff team next year. You know? Like they get the get they work they fix the offensive line or you know at least get halfway close to fixing the offensive line, 
this offseason. Add, you know, they add, in, like, say they go O line edge in round one, and both of those guys are slam dunk picks. <clears throat> and so that, like, improves the defense a ton. And Jones looks better under the new O line and new OC. Like, they could be a playoff team next year if they could stay healthy. Because let's, let's remember how they were screwed by injuries this year, too. Like, I, I, injuries happens to everyone, but it did happen more to the Giants than the majority of teams. You know, like, we can't discount, like, how 2020 they stayed very healthy and 2021 they've been the opposite of that. I'll just throw this out there because I've been thinking about it. Not going to lie. Giants suck. Daniel Jones isn't here, so your brain goes to some funny, funny places. Any chance they go out and they get Russell Wilson? I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world. I'm starting to think about it. I'm I'm not I'm not really entertaining that until it can until it can happen. I'm starting to think about it. See, I really haven't given it any 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 thought. Like I'd be willing to trade um depending on what it was. I don't I wouldn't trade both the first round picks this year. Here's my level of thinking about it. I'm thinking about it happening, not thinking about how it can happen. I'm thinking about it happening now about not about how it could happen. When I start thinking about how it could happen, that's when I'm probably going to talk myself out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I haven't started thinking about it yet. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, but I'm I'm one step further than you in the process. I'd like it, not gonna lie. It's one step further being unrealistic. That's no, I, I, Bobby. At this point, which I, I I really don't like the shaming on. Well, that sometimes happen on. That sometimes happens on social media. Like, don't shame anybody for thinking of something that you know maybe somewhat crazy, but is not out of the realm of possibility. Like this team stinks, and you know there's only so much Joe Judge, Daniel Jones offense, and GM future that you could talk about. There's only so much you could talk about. So yeah, you know, we, we can't throw, we can't handle six. Six days between games. No, no. If if you're throwing a little, hey, Russell Wilson maybe wants to be a giant. It's been the talking point for a couple of years. Can it happen? Conversation. I'm all for it. Like let's let's rock and roll. You know why not? Let's get a little crazy. I'll so, wait till March. Wait till March. Um, do I want to answer this question? Realistic timeline for the Giants to be back to winning football? Oh, it's, it's two two years, I guess. I, I don't know. Yeah, it depends on if. What are you talking about winning football? You're talking about going to the playoffs or like being a Super Bowl contender? I guess playoffs. I guess like winning football, like let's start getting into the playoffs. Let's start winning some meaningful games in September and October. And It could be next year. Like it's not crazy to say next year. No. I don't I don't I don't think I don't think so either. Really does depend on the quarterback position though. And if the GM and the coach and John Mayer will give the okay for this GM and then Joe Judge, if they want to get their own quarterback then things may be set back, which that's not a bad approach. If, you know, again, using Daniel Jones is almost like a bridge guy, right? You're not going to pick up his fifth year option. So that's going to be $21 million that are going to, you know, not come off the books necessarily, but it's not going to be counted against the cap. Uh, the Giants cap situation is bad this off season. It's not bad in 2023. So if you build through the draft this off season, which that's what you're supposed to do as an NFL team, you still have some, free agents that you signed this year um, and, you know, this past off season that are on the team. And then you see what you got, right? And that's yeah, the way that you're players, kind of, you know, there is good players. That's the way that you're kind of supposed to do it. You know, when you, when you draft that quarterback, it's, you know, Hey, let's have somewhat of a team around them and then rock and roll for those four or five years after, um, you know, when the giants failed to do that for Daniel Jones. So um, what is, we, let's answer the second part of this question. The most important step to be taken in order to get closer to winning football for this team. The offensive line. Offensive line. For me, it is a philosophical approach that is communicated between front office coaches and players that is centered around, we want to be a franchise that, this is the end of the show, I'm going to drop an F-bomb. We want to be a franchise that fucking scores points. None of this, control the clock, punch you in the mouth for 60 minutes. You can say all of that. End the sentence with score fucking points. I'm tired of it. I have gathered data today, all day, from 1925 to 2021. 
The Giants historically, you know, unless you're talking about you know a, a good stretch of Eli Manning's career, but there were some duds thrown in his career too. The Giants are a very poor franchise when it comes to scoring points. Very, very poor. Score points. It's how you win. It has to start at the top. Communicate, communicated to coaches, communicated to players. This is our approach. This is our identity. Score points. That's the name of the game. And until that approach is felt, don't think we're going to go anywhere. Could be no shit Sherlock, but it's clearly not felt. When Joe Judge is saying in his post-game press conference, you sometimes shoot yourself in the foot when you have this approach that you want to score as many points as possible. Eh, it's not necessarily what I'm looking for, Joe. That's what I got. That's a mailbag. All right, that's a mailbag pod. We'll be back on Friday for a preview pod of the Cowboys. Did you? Did I hear correctly that you got you got club seats? Yeah, DraftKings sent uh, four. How come sweet I didn't tickets. get notified of this? Well, they were sent to me, and you're you're sick, and you're in Florida. But how did like how come, how did like you get them, and I didn't even hear about them? John Boy uh, uh, Courtney sent them to me. Oh, sad, but send them to me, Courtney. Um, what do you mean? You're, you're... <laughs> Why would they send you tickets to a New Jersey football game when you're in Florida? I don't know. They could have sent them to a freaking Orlando Magic game. Like, I would love to get some great some, like club seats to an Orlando Magic game or something. Hey, you take that up with DraftKings. We just, uh, they're going to be here for, they're going to be here for a minute with us. So, take hey, that well, up with DraftKings, send me to a freaking, I want to go, I want to freaking be in the club seats. For, I want to sit down freaking near the, the freaking floor in Orlando. Okay, it's a very cheap ticket. Hook a brother up. Um... So that's bullcrap. But anyways, we're previewing the Cowboys game. Um, Thank you, DraftKings, for all you do. We'll see you on Friday. Um, By the way, did you write down the picks for the Friday show? I did. Um, Whether that post-it note is thrown away or not is to be determined. Is this it? Nope. I may have to re-listen to the show and write them down again. All right, we'll see you guys on Friday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.